0: Hello and welcome to Falter Ego episode 9. I think it's 9. Um, this episode is proudly brought to you by um, capitalism, <laughs> because that's the paradigm uh, in which we all exist, and that's paid for all the lovely things that I have to record this on. Apologies uh, that I haven't managed to record this podcast in a way that doesn't uh, screw up. The planet but that's the paradigm isn't it that's the paradigm we're in so i can't escape that um i always find that kind of a weird criticism when people say oh you you know try to make a podcast about making the world better but you did it on a microphone that was made by slaves say paul like, well, i know i can't i can't make a pod i can't none of us no one can make something using technology guilt-free technology um from the future 'Cause that's that's how time works. Um, there's a weird it's a weird criticism I find that people that sort of moral purity thing of like, oh you know, they flew. People flew to COP twenty six. Yeah, they flew to COP twenty six to campaign against flying. At least they did that, you know? What would you, the what would be worse it'd be flying somewhere and still thinking flying's okay. At least they're flying somewhere and then saying it's bad. Um, so you know can't really what were they supposed to do again get to COP26 employing some sort of I don't know solar plane sent through time so they can do stuff guilt free now the light bulb was invented by candlelight okay you got to use the shit stuff to dream about the better stuff okay so I can't help that so when people say solar panels are made using fossil fuels it's like yeah made you they use fossil fuels to make something that now doesn't emit what would you prefer they use fossil fuels to make more coal as if that's a better choice anyway um i'm going to be talking about oneness and some useful handy metaphors that i've come across in my time um oh look there's little messages coming through nice grey tints in the beard mate (laughs) just yeah all right that's entropy my beard is a living representation of entropy. Uh, it's a handy reminder. This is, this is like a Tibetan book of the dead that I'm growing out of my face. It's a handy reminder that we're all headed to oblivion. Now, this episode is going to be 101 ness, um, or yeah, Oneness 101. Like I said, lots of ones in there. And it was just some useful metaphors uh, that I've come across in reading various things that have helped me to, I guess, conceptualise how we're all connected. And I found these very useful. Um, And I wanted to share them with you because I think this podcast can occasionally be positive. Uh, You know, I think there's an interesting ratio so far of um, episodes that, that are dunking on stuff and saying, oh, that's a load of shit, isn't it? We're all, everything's fucked. Um, But then I realised that's hypocritical of me because other of my episodes are about how we should ignore the news because it's so negative, and we should be putting more positive energy out into the world because the more negative stuff you put out there, the more negative you make people, and then those negative people run around being negative to other people. And uh, suddenly this podcast is responsible for causing um, the Ukraine invasion somehow. We're all connected. It's all my fault. Um, but yes, this is a positive episode about oneness. Now, um, so there's going to be some nice little uh, metaphors coming up shortly that to me really, really helped crystallize stuff. But before we get to the easy metaphors, the re- easy to process stuff, I just wanted to get through a tricky bit first, so bear through the tricky bit. And then there's some easy stuff on the other side of that. Uh, warning as well ahead of time. These streams sometimes go for thirteen hours, so you know, strap in. <clears throat> so the tricky bit first. In order to um, conceptualize or uh, focus on the concept of oneness, a thing that really, really helps first is to eradicate the kind of the privilege we afford the thoughts in our own head. And this kind of this notion that we are a singular identity that's kind of sovereign and cut off from everything. Um, so that's the, one of the first things we need to do is kind of chisel away at the self a little bit, and that'll make all the the f- following stuff a lot easier. Now it's easy to understand intellectually um, how we kind of don't exist you can read about it and go huh okay i suppose that's true and then you walk off and go about your day and um <laughs> and then have to pay your rent and buy food it's like, well why am i paying for this stuff if that book just said i'm not real um <laughs> who somebody's paying uh somebody's getting billed for my netflix subscription and uh seems to be coming out of someone's bank account i think that's mine uh but apparently that's i'm not real maybe i don't need to be paying for anything but um it's easy to understand it intellectually, but the best way to understand it, unfortunately, is through practice and meditation. And meditation, you in know, in depends on which kind you do, but one type, uh, which is uh, some people refer to it as vipassana or vipassana, people pronounce it differently. Which is called sort of insight meditation, where you kind of watch the thoughts in your head. And one of the fascinating things, if you do that, and we've talked about this in earlier episodes, is um, that in doing so, you realise that a lot of your thoughts, most of your thoughts, um, aren't originated by you. They kind of just originate themselves. Thoughts think themselves. And if you if you meditate long enough and and kind of yeah get under the hood, as I say. Um, And spend enough time in there you can actually watch a life cycle of a thought it'll pop up and without you making it happen it'll stick around for a bit and then you can watch it fuck off and it'll die and you've watched like a life cycle of a thought without you having any um sort of conscious input into that which is really quite fascinating um but it's the, the the great thing about that is the more you watch all these thoughts happening is you start to realise that your concept of self is similar to, and again, we've covered this in a previous episode, so I'll skip over it as fast as I can, Um, but your concept of self is sort of like um, the same way we refer to um, a shoal of fish, but the shoal itself isn't some entity that exists over and above the fish. It's just the word we use to refer to the fact there's lots of fish doing the same thing at the same time. And if you prod the fish or scared the fish, you'd realise you'd watch all the fish scatter in a thousand different directions and there's no actual singular identity there at all. So same with your thoughts. Um, there's thousands and thousands of them. And out of all of these thoughts, we construct like a shoal of self um, or a, maybe the self is actually the collective noun, a self of thoughts, a shoal of fish. Um, and so once you bury into that and they all dissipate, you realise there is no self in there. And so actually what your thoughts are is just stuff happening in the same way, you know, the breeze on your face, um, that man tripping up over there uh, on the banana peel that I put down strategically. Um These are all just things happening and the thoughts in your head are no more um, part of you. They're no more owned by you than any of the stuff that's going on um, around you. I think we like to think that inside our heads, there's like a small version of us. We like to think there's like a controller or a pilot. Um, I think when we conceive of ourselves, we think that there's like a mini me inside my head in like the driver's seat. Well, actually, there isn't There isn't a smaller version of you in there. There's just, again, this maelstrom of thoughts that are thinking themselves. Um, and, you know, and some people think, no, of course, no, I think my thoughts. My thoughts don't think themselves. It's a, it's a weird uh, distinction and uh, kind of privileged status we give to thoughts as opposed to any other physical process that happens automatically all the time. Um, breathing. You know, you don't have to think yourself to breathe um, through the night, otherwise we'd all be dead. Um, Your heart beating. You can switch on an element of conscious control with, with breathing. You can choose to hold your breath. You can override that automatic system. But generally speaking, it does it all by itself. It's the same with thinking, Um, same with thoughts, same with your memories and all these sorts of things. They kind of just pop up by themselves. You can override that and choose to think about something. But generally speaking, your brain is a muscle like anything else and all these thoughts just pop up. Anyway, so that's the first thing, which is that if we can just slightly um, deprivilege thoughts as belonging to us and being special and just kind of lump them in the same category as phenomena, generally speaking. Um, That makes all the following stuff a lot easier. Let me just check the comments. The light bulb was made by candlelight. It was indeed. Yeah, thanks for listening along. Um, Yeah, the light bulb was made by candlelight. The solar panel was made by coal. (laughs) Um, These are all, yeah, things will get better. Things will only get better if you let them have to push through the bad thing first you can't be like oh everything's not perfect immediately well i won't bother then it's like that's that's how evolution happens you push through the shit bit all right um so that's the tricky bit now here are some lovely metaphors and lovely analogies that i've stumbled across in my time that have helped me um yeah view us, you, me, everything, as belonging to like a continuum of phenomenon, uh, phenomena. Sorry. Now, uh, there's two really, really lovely examples from Alan Watts. And to me, these, these just nail it better than anything I've, I've ever read. One is, um, he's got an analogy about a cat. And he says, if you're looking, if you're staring through um, a slit in a fence, I think that's the example he gives, and you've never seen a cat before, and a cat walks past the slit in the fence. The first thing you'll see is its eyes, um, and then if you look away, and then look back, and now you see the tail passing, so the the rear end of the cat, so it's all walked past this kind of slit that you're looking through. Um, Now the the eyeballs of the cat and the tail of the cat are so completely different. They're so uh, distinct, that there's, if it's the first time you'd ever come across them, if, if it was the first time you've ever come across an animal, um, you would assume that these two things are completely separate because they're so different. An eyeball and a tail have absolutely nothing in common, but they're all cat. Um, and I think that is a really nice way to conceptualize of like ourselves. Um, And our place in the world and the way the world's connected to us and the way that, you know, I look completely different to that tree over there. Uh, Myself and the tree are as distinct as an eyeball and a tail, but they all belong to um, universe. You know, they all belong to uh, stuff happening. As I'm happening, the tree's happening. Therefore, we're kind of connected through the fact that everything's just happening all the time. Um, So that's a really, really nice metaphor that for me crystallized or just kind of reframed how you can look at your relationship to everything around you it's like yeah i'm totally different to that thing over there but just because we look completely different that's no reason to assume that i'm somehow separate i'm somehow distinct i'm somehow not involved in whatever that thing's involved in um no we're both here we're both in the world we're both impacted by ecosystems, um, causality, everything. We're all here, we're all happening, and we're all stuff. So in the same way that the eyeball of the cat and the tail are both part of the same entity, myself and that tree over there are also part of the same uh, universe, same reality. And that's a nice way to see ourselves as, yeah, connected to everything around us. And then The other really good one he gave that I really like, that really kind of blew me away, was he said that um, in the same way that the ocean waves, um, the universe peoples. And I think that's a really nice one. So, in the same way that waves appear in the ocean, um, people appear in the universe. Um, now, what I think isn't explored there, and I've thought about that metaphor a lot, is that um, what's really great about the ocean as a metaphor for reality and people and how we're all connected is the ocean is one thing, right? It's water. But out of that you get so many different types of things. Um, You get individual waves which when you look at them appear to be um, individually occurring things. You know, each wave looks distinct, they look separate, they look like, uh, you know, no one wave is the same as the other, same ways that, that we're all distinct and unique, but they're actually just made of the same thing, which is water. Um, and also, waves, of course, it looks like it's a body of water moving in a direction, but it's actually just water going up and down, and that creates the illusion of something moving. And I think in the same way that, you know, if we think about ourselves that way, um, if we just think of, of ourselves as energy, it creates the illusion of a person, it creates the illusion of a car, it creates the illusion of something over there and they're all there. It's not to say that they're not there, but it's just to say that the way the energy is behaving for a moment creates, um, an entity that we can talk about and identify like, oh, there's that wave over there. There's that person over there. And I think that's just a really beautiful image, you know, the way, um, yeah, the same way that the the ocean creates waves, the universe peoples. Um, and also I think water's another great metaphor for multiple reasons. One is that, you know, water can be anything. It can be a snowflake, it can be a river, um, it can be a fog. You know, what if you were to look at a snowflake and low-lying mist, both of which are moisture, um, you wouldn't really think that either of those two things are related in in any way at all but they're made of the same stuff so it's a really really easy way to um it's a really really easy way to conceptualize the fact that to, to realize the fact that we're all just energy that's manifesting in in different shapes and different forms um and yeah but we're all just ocean you know it's also quite comforting to think about yourself as a wave um for when like, you pop your clocks, you know, when you die, um, because, yeah, and again, you know, happy happy uh, viewing for just before bed. Um, this is why dying is really good. But, you know, when a wave crashes on the beach, you don't, like, have a funeral for it, or you don't think that the, the ocean in some way has become any less. Um, the wave crashes and returns to the ocean. The ocean hasn't lost a wave. It's not any smaller than it used to be. It's still just ocean and i think you know that's quite a humbling way to view ourselves is that you know we're here you know we we're a little wave of person um traveling towards the shore in in the universe and we will crash but the universe isn't any less for us dying and you know we we just return to the universe and the universe is still much the same and um, the ocean doesn't give a shit uh when a wave crashes on the ocean at all a uh, wave crashes on the beach it's like, oh fuck, that was a really important wave. It doesn't mean anything. And similarly, the universe won't give won't give a toss. Uh when we pop our clogs, we will just return to the return to the universe and the universe will be much the same as it always was. So I think those two metaphors for me, the, the cat, you know, the two different parts of the cat, you know, an eyeball and a tail are still ex- still connected, um, even though they're completely distinct. Um, in that way, you know, it's so easy to to imagine that myself and someone else or something else are connected even though we appear completely distinct, so that's nice. And the wave thing as well, Um, I think that's a really nice way of conceptualising of, you know, the fact that how energy can, we're all just energy uh, happening in different ways, but we're all happening, that's the nice thing, we're all happening at the same time. Um, The other way I think we can think about oneness um, is just through causality, um, you know, ripple effects. The fact that we're all interconnected. So, you know, if I if I go out about my day, I'm an absolute shit to everyone I meet. Um, that creates a ripple effect because now those people's days have been made worse, and they're going to go about their day and be arseholes probably. <clears throat> They're going to be assholes to everyone they meet, and so I've, you know, within a few degrees of separation, I've probably impacted the lives of like six thousand people. Um, So it's it's strange to think of ourselves as being like this individual sovereign, you know, with a flesh border type person that in no way is involved in a web of stuff. Um, We're not. we, we're we part of, like, again, we're part of the ocean, you know. We're, there's no no wave is distinct from another wave. It's all just water. I'm part of a web of causality, and I'm affecting people, and they're affecting me. If you don't think we're connected, I mean, just, you know, <laughs> try <laughs> try pissing on someone's hair just before they have a job interview and see how well the job interview goes. Um, that you've affected them, you know. They're gonna be in that interview going, "Fuck! I've got stinky piss hair. Why did that person piss on my hair? Was he a spiritual guy trying to prove a point? Why did he?" Anyway, try that. If you don't, if you don't think you and the world are, if you don't think we're causally dependent on the world around us, and the world around us causally dependent on us, um if you think you're some sovereign entity that is only you, um, you know, go to the moon without clothes and see how long you survive. <laughs> like you are very, very dependent on many, many things around you. Uh, you're dependent on the trees for oxygen, and they're dependent on the soil and the clouds and they're dependent on bees. We, without bees, <laughs> we would all be dead. Um, which is quite a sobering thought, you know, but that, I mean, that, that in itself is an interesting way of challenging how we frame uh, the border of our bodies. Uh, we put down a border between us and the world around us, which is quite interesting because you, you think your lungs, for example, are integral to you because if I removed your lungs, you would die, Um, And so you think of these lungs as your lungs. You think of your heart as your heart. You know, if somebody cuts it out, you're going to die. So that's mine. I need that because without it, I would die. So it must be mine. But where does that stop? Like if you extend the borders of yourself a little bit, you know, if I, if I removed all the bees from the earth, you would die. So were they your bees? Are bees part of the definition of you? Technically they should be. And that's a really lovely thing that the universe, you can't actually define you without also, you can't describe yourself without also having to describe everything in the universe Um, because without it, you're not here. So actually it's sort of impossible to define yourself without defining everything Um, because without everything, you're nothing. Um, It's also quite humbling actually to think about um, bees (laughs) Um, in that sense. I always think, you know, when you're seeing like Elon Musk Saying like, yeah, I'm amazing. I'm gonna, you know, Tesla's gonna fucking skyrocket, or whatever. Uh, I'm the richest man on earth. It's like, yeah, but I could get. I could, if I eradicate all the bees, <laughs> you die. Um, so just how powerful are you, Elon Musk? If bees, if bees are your nemesis, you know, if I if I just took all if I just took all the bees away, everyone at Tesla would die, and your stock would be would tank and you'd be you'd be penniless so you're, you're nothing without the bees elon so it's quite interesting how you know something as simple as that is absolutely necessary for, for all of us to exist um funny isn't it to create a billion dollar company i mean actually you know and suddenly bees so i'm going on like a weird bee tangent now um it's late at night and i haven't had enough coffee but you know suddenly bees become like an integral part of the definition of everything you know you can't set up a company you know if you want to set up a billion dollar company you need bees um if you want to write a hit single if you want to write a number one single Gotta get bees in there. Without bees, (laughs) we're fucking we're nothing, you know. Beyonce. She needs bees. Everyone needs bees. Okay, put it on a t-shirt. Um there you go. (laughs) To make yeah, to invade a country. Uh you need bees. Okay, there are no invasions happening without soldiers and armies, and they're not around. Without those little yellow, black, stripy guys. So, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, so I just raise that point to I guess, challenge, like where do you put the border? Where does the border between you and the, the rest of the world start? And um, if, like we said at the start of the episode, if you burrow into your head, tinker under the hood, meditate a bit and realise that actually thoughts aren't really yours. Um, it's just... That's just more phenomenon phenomena happening uh in a sea of phenomena then you can already get ditch the this idea this distinct sovereign sense of self then you just become stuff that's happening um if you can get your head across that then where does the border uh where does the, where's the demarcation zone between the Yui kind of stuff that's happening and everything else that's happening, especially if you're completely dependent on all that stuff out there for you to exist. Um, bees are as much a part of you as your lungs are. Uh, if if your argument for, you know, what is part of you is something you need to survive, take it away, you're dead. So that's kind of interesting. Um, the other way we... Can let me just check comments? Oh, good. The other way that... Um, The other way that's very easy to kind of conceptualise of of oneness and how we're all connected is through, is less through something causal and less scientific, like, you know, the fact that we're all matter, we're all made of the same stuff, essentially. Um, A more, I guess, slightly spiritual way to conceptualise of it is through compassion. So compassion also links us together and I think, I think compassion is something we're slowly starting kind of, I guess we're being convinced to drop. Compassion is actually something we're starting to be uh, persuaded to abandon um, for, as per the the general theme of this podcast, in favour of ego. Um, you see this happening a lot online and I think it's being exacerbated by um, online culture is that we we have to look for something that makes us unique. Uh, we have to plant a flag in something and say, "Well, this is me, and it can't nobody else can possibly understand or relate to or have this thing." And so, really, we increasingly start to look for reasons to find difference between me and you or at least if not difference then um, barriers to you know oh you can't possibly understand me because only I am me the fact that you're not me means that you can't possibly understand what I'm going through because there's just this like ego gold rush in web 2.0 to establish yourself as completely separate from the rest of the crowd you can't be part of the crowd because that's boring there's no way that's that's not going to get you followers and that's not going to get you like digital brownie points let me just have a little sip of this that's better we'll cut that out of the podcast (coughs) we'll cut the cut the tea noise no tea noise required but there's a um, yeah there's 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 a there's a tendency to um, find compassion like just deny that it's possible because if if you can be compassionate then people can relate to you and if, and if people can relate to you then suddenly you're not like this unique like oh nobody understands my pain kind of thing um, and let me just check my notes here yeah it's 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 interesting like pe- people. I would say, have started overly identifying with their particular uh, flaws or their particular kind of, uh, I don't know, pain or suffering that they've been through. And, and then what they do is they latch onto that online and say, well, I've, I've been through this, but only I have. Therefore, you can't possibly relate to me. Um, and I think that's a real uh, missed opportunity. For pain and suffering, because pain and suffering, I think, should be a door to um, showing compassion and through that kind of really like bonding with people all around you. So, one of the things I've read, I think it was in a book by Jack Cornfield that I found really, really useful, is that if you're going through a period of whatever, sadness, uh, anxiety, depression, or just exhaustion, um, if you've broken your leg, there's a tendency to channel that into self-pity, which is quite an isolating experience. It's um, got only I'm going through this and nobody can understand my pain. Oh, um, But if you meditate and practice a kind of, you know, loving kindness and extend, you start with yourself and go, you know, um, I hope I get better, I, you know, I hope I'm happy, I hope I progress, I hope I get through this, and try and generate some positive feelings towards yourself rather than negative self-pitying feelings, what you can then do is extend that to other people, like I've broken my leg, I wonder how many other thousands if not millions of people right now around the world have a broken bone, we're all in this together, I can empathise with them um, so you extend your heart, you broaden your the, the love and care that you can generate for yourself to thousands of people and suddenly you realise, and this is, the, this is where pain suddenly becomes quite a an affirming experience because you suddenly realise you're not alone, um, you suddenly realise there's lots of other people going through the same thing I am and through that we're connected not separate. But this is the problem with social media is I think that's persuading us to engage in the opposite kind of thinking, which is that because of my pain, I am separate. And to weirdly sort of valorize that or idolize that or sort of fetishize um, loneliness through pain, as if pain is somehow a currency that's to be celebrated, but only for you. Um... So that's, I think that's a shame, and I think you know, the the, the problem is as well that we get into this um, situation where, you know, I because I've I've been through hard times. You know, I've lost a family member to suicide. Uh, I've lost a family member to COVID. I've had periods in my life where I've been, you know, I've, I've gone to Woolworths and um, gone to the supermarket and bought like you know. 10 packets of microwaved brown rice um, and that's been my like my food for the month <laughs> because you know one freelance job has dried up and nothing is on the horizon and I've you know this was years and years ago but you know I'm thankfully doing better now but you know I've had like a month where there was no work and no sight of work on the horizon and I've been having like one you know, I've been starving <laughs> <laughs> to stretch out, you know, the $40 in my bank account. And it's been terrifying. It's terrifying um, to wonder like, shit, am I going to run? I'm actually going to run out of money and food and not be able to pay rent. And I'm shitting myself. So I've had periods of my life where I've been, been extremely precarious. It's not like I live in a, you know, a starving village or something. But, you know, I've been through periods of intense lack and stress. And, like I said, family members have died by suicide and COVID, and I've been through depression myself. So I understand what it is to feel sad. And so when somebody else is sad, you know, I can stretch my heart out and go, well, through sadness, I'm connected with all the... There's lots of people going through hard times. And we're all in this together and there's thousands of us and I extend my heart to them and through my suffering, through my pain, I'm actually bonded to so many people around the world because, you know, existence is uh, suffering, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're none of us are going to avoid it. So it's weird, if none of us are going to avoid it, doesn't that sound like that's a vehicle through which we can all relate to each other, but increasingly we're, trying to brand our suffering as my suffering that's only for me and you can't possibly understand you've not had my experience um but through you know i've i've been through a lot and um so when i see somebody else who's sad maybe i don't i can't relate to the specific circumstances that led to their sadness you know um but that's i mean that's always going to happen i mean every every person's life is so idiosyncratic the chances that i've been through exactly the same thing you have the chances any two people on earth have been through exactly the same um tragedies or you know uh, heartbreak or loss you know the the, the 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 chances that your life and my life have been calibrated exactly the same is zero so to then say well, my lived experience, my pain is a result of my lived experience, so you can't possibly understand me. I think that's a real missed opportunity and um, a really pessimistic view of uh, humanity and our capacity for compassion. Um, Sure, I, I can't necessarily relate to the exact set of circumstances that caused your pain, But I know what pain feels like, and I know what being sad feels like, and I know what um, wishing my life weren't this way or were another way feels like, and I know what, you know, um, a lot of negative emotion and negative headspace feels like. Um, So I think, you know, there's this tendency on Twitter, and I think Twitter, Instagram, social media generally, I think people are too quick and too keen to um label themselves as sort of like a recipe of unique sadness that no one else can get just for the sake of appearing special because that's what social media demands of us is you have to be unique and you have to be special um there's there's not a lot of social media currency in being just like anyone else, which is sad because we need more of that. We need more, um, commonality. And so using suffering as a way to demarcate ourselves to me is a really missed opportunity. Um, when so many people are going through, um, bad stuff, you know, we're all, we're all stuff happening all the time. <laughs> none of us aren't happening. If And if, if you're here, you're part of and are affected by everything, just like everyone else. And so, you know, you and the flat earth are, are very similar because you got to where you are because of everything else. We're all the product of everything. Um, and so that's, I think, you know, to conclude, I think it's a shame to it's a shame to use pain and suffering as a way to lay claim to some uh identity marker of uniqueness that gives you clout um over others i think um we can all understand pain and suffering maybe we don't understand the specific way you reached it but again i think to just write someone off as being completely unable to sympathize or empathize with you just because they haven't had the exact same Monday that you have had is uh, a really bleak um, it's a really bleak conceptualization of humans uh, which is a bit of a pity but the great the great thing is once you start employing the opposite once you start ignoring the the ego Gold rush that is social media, and start realizing you and others have a lot in common either through either because you're waves in a universe, you're all just energy, we're all just stuff that's happening for a while. Whether it's through um, compassion and going, Oh, I've been, you know, I can extend my heart out to others and I can understand how other, understand how other people are going through stuff. And um, once you start doing that, Um, or whether it's through causality, you know, you realize that we're all connected in some way, like it's very unlikely that there's not something I've done that has somehow affected someone on the other side of the world, even, you know? So once you start realizing that, and once you start realizing everyone is a product of everything, I mean, it also means you can start finding ways to show compassion and relate to people who apparently are really different to you, um... You know, coal miners, for example. I read a really nice article in Vice about someone who tried to engage coal miners about climate change. And, you know, if if you write them off and say well, you're a bunch of, you know, fossil fuel-loving Neanderthal fuckwits, you're not going to get anywhere. But when you realise that they are waves on an ocean of causality and that, you know, They had the parents they had, they had the education they had, they grew up where they grew up. Um, There was nothing they could be other than a coal miner. And surprise, surprise, guess what? Being a coal miner all your life probably means you identify with that. Um, Who doesn't identify with the thing they've been all their life? You can show sympathy, you can empathise with that position. Because you probably heavily identify with whatever you are because you've done it all your life. So it's very weird to write people off, even people we thoroughly disagree with, you know, anti-vaxxers, coal miners, flat earthers, you know, they're all products of everything, because again, we're all stuff happening, and there's no way, (laughs) if you're happening, if you're here, then you are affected by everything, just like everyone else. So I think you can start to understand and sympathise with people a lot more, and see people see people as a product of a story, um, and they are just the the most current step, the final step in a long series of steps, and you're just witnessing them at this particular moment. Um, but they are a product of causality. No one can get away from that. So it's weird to uh, mock people. I think, um, and you start getting into these arguments. Where neither side can relate to each other because you don't see yourselves as products of a story. You don't, you don't see yourselves as being part of this interconnected web of of everythingness. Um, so I think there's a lot to be gained from spending a little bit of time trying to con- trying to conceive of how we're all connected because it only has positive outcomes. Um. So just remember, I think, just remember the two Alan Watts metaphors. I think they're really, really nice. Um, The cat example, the ocean waves example. Um, And again, like I said, it's very easy to understand that on an intellectual level. But if you want to, um, if you want to understand it on a visceral level, then yeah, unfortunately you have to put a bit of work in and start meditating. And that's when you start realising, oh yeah, my thoughts are just as much a part of me as... Pretty much everything else that's going on my thoughts are just stuff that's going on same as that cloud over there you know it's not that cloud isn't a isn't to have privileged um status as being part of me no more than my thoughts in my head are uh, and my thoughts are no more a part of me than bees are but both are essential for me to exist so that's pretty nice um so i hope you enjoyed that little ramble it's been a positive episode i think um, it's not been a dunking on ep- dunking on things episode and I appreciate uh, the comedy value in saying nice things <laughs> isn't, isn't much. Um, it's almost, it was always fun to shit on stuff, isn't it? Um, to round out, I should say thank you to Peter Lawler uh, who uh, started supporting the me on Patreon recently at a high level. That's why he gets a little name shout out. He's also now got access to discord uh, there's a certain level of Patreon supporter and you can check this on my Patreon page where, um, yeah, if you support at a certain level you get access to Discord. Now currently, I'm not dissing the chat with Pete on Discord because it's been lovely but currently it is just me and him in there. Um, so I essentially have an app on my phone to talk to one, <laughs> one specific guy. but it's lovely and he's been very um, engaged and active which is great that's what I want Um, but if there's more people in there then we can be more engaged with each other Um, but you know what I don't care I'll keep doing this till the end of time Uh, and even if it's just me and Pete in there that to me is a um, is a bonus um, that I will always cherish so that's great but yeah Pete's in there Pete's in the Discord there's a Discord for this podcast so you know, subscribe at a certain level and you too can um, message me when I'm at work (laughs) and annoy me uh, in my private time. Um, But yes, we've got Discord now, so that's kind of cool. If you're a Patreon supporter, this streamy thing will also go up on YouTube in an unlisted link so you can enjoy all my awkward pauses for a second time so that's that please support the podcast that would be lovely um and like i always say the more people support it uh, the more time i can put into it and um i can figure out still trying to get guests um which is a thing that will happen um and it's on the horizon and i'm starting to line things up but it's, it's more of a tech thing at the moment i've only just kind of figured out how to do this uh, without setting my house on fire so that would be the, but there will be guests happening and some interesting ones uh, that i've reached out to and who seem tentatively keen so i just need to be an organized person and sort out dates and stuff um but yeah thank you for listening just uh remember uh waves we're all waves in an ocean that's kind of nice and the universe won't give a shit when you crash on the shores of time sorry about that um, and compassion. Don't don't make your suffering uh, a, a a fence around you that makes you think you're somehow unique and special. And don't overly identify with your suffering. Lots of other people are going through either the same thing or through something similar that has led to a similar amount of pain. And so let them in. You've all got something in common, right? You, your pain. You can actually turn. You can do jiu jitsu. On your suffering, you can turn it from a negative thing into a bonding, unifying experience um, where we're all connected, and I think that is—that's the purpose of it. Well, it's not. There's no purpose to suffering at all. But you may as well use it for good rather than make, using it to make you more sad. I'm the only one going through this. Great. Well, now you've now you've doubled down on your on your suffering. That's a bit silly, isn't it? Uh, do jujitsu on it. Yeah turn it into a positive um and support the podcast if you can all right thanks so much and uh, talk to you in two weeks time